This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, Happy New Year and welcome to Screen Talk 2023. I'm Eric Cohn. I'm Ann Thompson. And we are very happy to be starting off this year with a lot to discuss in terms of movies and and, uh, festivals and, of course, award season, which we cannot ignore. But first, Anne, how was your time off? I had a great time. Uh, My daughter and I went off to uh, Desert Hot Springs to a place called Miracle Manor. And we indulged in hot springs and and soaking and swimming and playing games and ordering in delicious food. We, we just settled in and had a wonderful time. Listen to podcasts in the car, in the traffic. No movies figure into that or did none. the come up? None. How nice. <laughs> there How weren't nice any. It was one of the, it's one of those places that isn't really set up. You know, there's, there's no, uh, they, they don't have televisions in the room or anything, you know. It is funny it's also. About escaping. You get so close, you rush to the end of the year in terms of all these things to see in the fall. I mean, we all needed to see Babylon and then Avatar. And then finally you get through all that. And it's like, everybody's got blind spots. But it also kind of feels like you want to hit the reset. I mean, we got Sundance right around the corner. And now we still have this crop of movies to continue talking about from an award standpoint. Well, I'm still but... I'm still catching up, um, as I know you are. Uh, there's there's there were some shortlisted docs and and uh, international films like um, I I ended up watching. Well, what was your holiday viewing? What was your like Christmas viewing over the holidays? Well, it's funny. We. I, I really wanted to watch something that that I'd never seen before. A couple of years ago, I realized I had never actually seen Jesus Christ Superstar. And we did our own <laughs> Feast of 750. Not sure that, yeah, that's a big mess. And, uh, and, no, but it, I had a great time watching it. What a wild, it's, a, it's a wild movie if you've never seen it before. So I was looking for something like on that level. And I didn't find it. And we ended up watching Gremlins instead. And Gremlins holds up, man. I got to tell you. I bet it does. And it's Joe Dante's great film. It it really, I mean, it's just like there's, it doesn't miss a beat. And I know there's an animated spinoff thing coming up and so forth. It's just like fascinating to see a movie like that. That's it's totally fresh IP, you know, something made on that level by a studio. Now, I mean, I'd love to see somebody come up with an idea like that. Well, that's what they have to do now. They have to recreate. They they have to create new things. That's the thing. I mean, you can you can go sequel 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 but somebody has to create the original at some point that that really impacts it it gets people talking like what a great concept you pour water on the cute little critter and all this bad stuff happens you know i mean it's just like it's so it's so well contained and so that was really satisfying and then i did have a few blind spots nothing major from an award standpoint i saw puss in boots the last wish uh which i suppose could be uh, a contender for best animated it is feature. actually a, a contender. Uh, it did pretty i still well. have to catch up with that one yeah it, it's is it um, worth seeing is it is it is it a must see i well it, you, it's a i like animation scale. so you're talking to someone well, who likes animation who doesn't like animation in a some, lot of I people mean, resist it trust well me. that this notion of like you know, that it's a monolithic category is obviously very misleading. And we talk about it from an award standpoint that way. And now suddenly we have movies like Marcel the Shell or Apollo 10 and a half that are pushing past, you know, tradition. This is a more traditional kind of family friendly 
uh, anime, but animated Antonio movie. Antonio Banderas. I mean, it's yeah, all and, about and, him, right? And I, I love what he does here because it's it's sort of um, a climax to the Puss in Boots story. It's a, the last wish. He's got nine lives. He's on his ninth life. So it almost is this sort of midlife crisis story of sorts. And Salma Hayek has a lot of fun. This is sort of the femme fatale cat in the story. And then Harvey Guillen, who's, who's like kind of the breakout star of um, What We Do in the Shadows, the FX show, voices this really cute uh, dog who's sort of like the the Sancho to Puss's uh, uh, Don Quixote. And uh, I would say it's got a lot of third act issues and stuff. It's, it just It has that feeling of being sort of overly micromanaged on the studio level but i but i really enjoyed the first half because he's just such an indelible character and the animation is really fast and fun and and i i don't know i mean there's just something about combining that that sort of um playful sense of mischief with the banderas kind of you know masculine image that he, he's projected for so many years it, it still works really well um you know, it's it's not the greatest thing to come out last year, even on the level of, you know, family friendly animated entertainment. So Nora um, and I went into fun. holiday mode. Right. So we checked out Spirited, which I just assumed. I mean, it had like a 50 something rating on on Metacritic. And I, I just didn't think it, I wasn't planning to take it very seriously. And of course, it's a version of A Christmas Carol and it's an all out musical. Did you, you know. realize how much of a musical that movie was going to be when you no. started watching? No, it's an all, you know, in Pasek, you know, it's, it's the really people funny from La La Land, you know, they're doing the songs. It's, it's really a lot of singing, unironically, really too. And, <laughs> and also, you know, the setup, you know, Will Ferrell is is Scrooge, you know, reformed, and they have a whole uh, group of people who go out to try to uh, find uh, really renegade, horrible people and, and change them over. That's their goal in life. So the Ryan Reynolds character is this shyster marketing guru is slick and he can't possibly be brought over <laughs> he's there's nothing he's he's irredeemable they quote quote unquote so it was really fun i have to say and the music was very um, amusing and the the musical numbers were great and we were we were actually quite captivated by it i'm not making a big claim for it for you know one of my favorite christmas movies of all time but it worked you know, on, well, a, on a lazy holiday night, it was a perfect thing to watch at home. I, it's a good concept and it's reaching for something really entertaining. I, I kept wishing it was like reaching a little harder. And it's funny because I watched I was thinking about it on the way back from my my vacation in Colombia. We were on a flight and my daughter was asleep on me and, and we had the TV going on the plane and we put something on with the captions on because I couldn't like get to my headphones without waking her up. And so we watched Elf without being able to listen to Elf and just had the, the captions that's on. That's more of a Christmas that, classic. That's like, I feel like Will Ferrell has wanted to get back to an Elf level. <laughs> like that's what he's like with Spirited. He's like, maybe I can do Elf again. It's so good. I mean, the thing is without sound, it's a great silent slapstick movie. Like when he walks across the street and gets randomly hit by a cab because he doesn't understand how that works. It's like, it's just inherently funny. And I wish Spirited on some level was reaching for that kind of comic inspiration. In some ways, Spirited was too big and too expensive and too yeah, you feel overwrought. It. You know, I, it could have been a little smaller in, in scope and I would have been happier. But I, I again, they did a good they did a good job. It was it was all right. But I, it, there's a part of the campaign is that there's a there's a song that that is up for the was shortlisted for the Oscars. And so yeah. uh, 
Ryan Reynolds' future co-star Hugh Jackman has put out a video begging everyone not to submit the song. I saw that. I was wondering, like, is Ryan Reynolds would become unbearable? (laughs) Is this also like his attempt to keep himself in the conversation for the sun? Because you know, two birds. That's over. I'm pretty sure that conversation is is over. They're even putting Cruz ahead of him now. Oh my gosh. What a, what a weird year it is for so many different categories. And we're definitely going to get some surprises in the next few weeks. And well, there's a fifth I, slot in the best actor race. Absolutely. So there's, anything can happen with a that. A wild card-ish. I was thinking about all this. So I, I was still kind of on vacation as I, as I rolled back into New York and, and more or less went straight to the New York Film Critics Circle dinner on um, on Wednesday night. And it was, you know, as usual, a really fun kind of intimate show. I mean, it's very different when you already know who the winners are. Uh, we got really good presenters and a really good group of people. I mean, everyone from you know, Tar won Best Film, SS Rajamuli won Best Director, After Sun won Best First Film. All those people were there, um, and and they gave and really hard speeches. There. Kate Blanchett was there, and and really good presenters. You know, Colbert for Kate Blanchett, Seth Meyers for a Colin Farrell, even though he wasn't there, gave gave a, a really fun kind of memorable speech on that front. Scorsese had a, a videotaped message for Tar where he talked about how unpredictable it is and, and, and why that was so important right now for, for filmmaking. S.S. Raja Mooley. 100% agreed. And, and Raja Mooley talked about seeing how RRR was playing in theaters in the U.S. the way that it had played in India. And that he at first he thought that was Indian audiences in the screenings and no. realizing it was Americans that was really and exciting. Doing it for him. Again. So did you go to another screening of it in New York? I haven't had a chance yet. They did a, a quote unquote residency at the Cinema East uh, here uh, not too long ago. And I'm hoping more screenings come up because I yeah, would love that. They're doing it again that. here and it sold out in ins- instantly. It just yeah. sold out the, the whole theater, the whole Chinese, the one I went to a few months ago, which was so memorable where everybody's cheering and everything. They're doing it again. Well, I'm going to, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to RRR. It may not ever make it i hope the song does at least but it's great that the new york film critics gave rajamuli a, a swing i mean you know? I, so mary heron presented uh to ss rajamuli I and mean, she's a sort of perennial new york film presence but also an academy member and, and was talking about how she went to a screening uh and, and was like really just kind of blown away by how the film worked for both people who got all these specific cultural references and people who just wanted just you know, had none of those reference points and just wanted to have a good time. And because they're screening it so much and, you know, the biggest challenge with something like this, that seems to almost materialize out of nowhere in the conversation is just getting people to see it. I wonder if that really is building up in a way that we we haven't fully There's momentum grasped. for it. There is. But it's it's different. You know, the que- the question is. Uh, who. Who actually is is in a position to nominate it, and and you know it's it's it 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 isn't shortlisted in all the categories you would you would want, and it's it's probably going to director if, if that is its best shot or picture because there's such a small number of of votes required. So somebody was explaining this to me that you you know there's a more or less 900 but it can be even fewer because they spread the ballots out right. you know and they split votes and stuff so it could be you know a few hundred votes that would get you at the bottom of the top 10 of, of best picture so it is it, it, there are you know it's up against black panther you know these are those movies vying for the bottom slots right or glass onion you or know babylon. at the very bottom 
of the of the list and and you know a lot of a lot of popularity around glass onion which did really well over the holidays on on netflix after its one week thanksgiving but it's also viable for totally viable for both of those movies to get in it's not unthinkable that that could happen rrr or glass Glass or or black panther i think all three and and then the other movie that's sort of vying for that bottom slots the bottom slots are is um woman king right Woman King is, didn't do as well now. with the shortlists, you yeah, know, yeah. and it's it's not doing as well with the nominations as, say, Woman Talking, which is the other woman's picture that could be up for director and and picture. Um, and, and Woman Talking is doing better than Woman King. In yeah, general. yeah, yeah. But I mean, the enthusiasm in the room obviously was lots of. You're still on RRR. Okay, I mean, the enthusiasm in the room was was really strong. <laughs> I mean, I mean critics, man. You know, this is a question. But of that what means they'll keep celebrating people, it. People, you are. Just as cinephiles are more likely to be receptive to Babylon, film critics are more likely to be receptive to the cinematic innovation and excitement of RRR. And people in theaters who see it in theaters are captured by it. But there are so many boring, middle of the road, uh, mainstream people in the Academy who haven't even heard of RRR. I cannot tell, I cannot. So they're voting for Top Gun. I get it. You know, and they're not, and they're not, you know, they don't necessarily have that receptive gene to, you know, over, overwrought Indian cinema. But what would it take? What would it take for them to watch it? Is it, if RRR is a best picture nominated movie, then they'll watch it. They would watch it and they might like it if they watch it. Yeah, they might. So, a few of those people might even be watching it now and liking it. I mean, it's if, as you say, it doesn't take no, no, much. No, it to definitely get into has the momentum, and they're doing a great job of promoting it. Just you know, I mean, everything, everywhere, all at once is in the same boat. I mean, everyone's aware of it now, but you talk to people about it. Like <laughs> I was trying to describe it to somebody last night, an older woman who was yeah. visiting me, and she, I, it was, it was actually a challenge. <laughs> it is really hard. You know, I witnessed the best exchange at the end. So Daniels were there as well to present to Kiwi. Kwan, who won supporting actor and once again you know very heartfelt speech and you're watching and you're like obviously he's gonna win best supporting actor uh but afterwards i witnessed a really funny exchange between Dan- daniel Scheinert and david byrne who was there to present to all the, beauty, seen that. That's all the beauty in the bloodshed which he's a big fan of obviously very david byrne kind of movie but david byrne also wrote a song for uh everything everywhere um, and they had not met in person yet. Aww. They had only met over Zoom. So it was it was really cool to see them interact and, and kind of like David Byrne was saying, wow, the movie came out really well. You know, he was super <laughs> excited about it. And then uh, Ramin Barani walks up and Ramin Barani presented this special award to uh, Jafar Panahi for No Bears that the group gave out. So then Jafar Panahi comes up and he he's really enthusiastic about everything everywhere. He said the reason why he wanted to see the movie is because he saw a trailer for a movie about an Asian American woman who worked at a laundromat. And this is the guy who makes, you know, like neo-realist inspired movies. So he was really excited about the idea of like sort of capturing an underrepresented American experience. And then he's like, it's not the kind of movie that I would make, but I can really appreciate how you made it. So you see how all these different ways in which people are finding, finding their own kind of response to the movie being, you know, really enthusiastic. And that's fascinating to me as somebody who's like, well, I like the Daniels for a while and they're funky and hip and whatever, but there's so many different layers of access for it that seem to be working out. Yeah. But the, but the, but the, again, the shortlist wasn't great for that one. And and the reason why the shortlist matters is because if you have um, a slot, it means that that branch is going to watch it. They're going to look at it. Right. So that's why it's so significant that All Quiet in the Restroom Front had five 
slots in the shortlists because it means all those branches are going to watch it, right? Not just the international committee, right? But it does feel so, like a lot of people have already seen everything everywhere. Am I wrong? About that? Are you just back to talking about no, the boring? I don't think the that's necessarily people. true inside the academy. This is what I'm trying to tell you. It isn't. It isn't necessarily true. A lot of but, people love it. I'm not. There's yeah, no, a lot of momentum like, for it. I'm not saying it's, it's the same. Out. It's the same kind of thing with RRR, but, though. But, I, I feel but like I knew like... it wasn't going to do great with the crafts. I always knew that. It's the actors that are going to support uh, everything everywhere, and the SAG right. awards are going to be huge in terms of how well that movie is going to do. That yeah, and I'm, I'm still curious well about Best Actress. Is it just like Kate Blanchett all the way, or is no, Michelle no, no. Yeoh very much? I think it's much? Michelle Yeoh all the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really I mean, believe that. It's 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 really interesting because I think of it. there's a lot of sort of like glow around Kate Blanchett and she's making a lot of noise. I mean, she gave a great speech last night. No, no, too, it's a hard, but... it's a close race. Obviously, it's between the two of them, but she's won before. And Michelle Yeoh just has such a compelling story. It's it's really and when you look at Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett when they talk to each other on the variety actors on actors, it's it's really Michelle Yeoh you're paying attention to more yeah. than Kate Blanchett. And when she talks about her movie, it's more canned Kate Blanchett. It's more abstract. It isn't so personal. We know about her. She's had every advantage in the world for decades. Michelle Yeoh has enormously been good the whole time. At, at but she she conveys the sense that of of likability too and I I, what it's Kate interesting Blanchett. don't get me wrong but it's just there's a difference between her access to the best roles that that are available no no, no there's a privilege element Michelle there Yeo has been able to accomplish a hundred percent and also the sense of like you're getting to to understand that it you're getting to understand that about michelle yo through the through the campaign itself which i think is really fascinating and of course she was also in the witcher spinoff on netflix that no nobody's talking about that the same way nobody's talking about how brendan fraser was in a bad show a couple months ago i He's mean it's like the whole time <laughs> they, we just you, weren't paying you start attention to notice to this stuff more right it's just yeah. like they didn't it's not like they, they just like suddenly they, weren't, reappeared. they were working the whole time it just yeah. wasn't in the stuff we were paying attention to exactly exactly so that's all, all going to be something worth watching the next few weeks so meanwhile there were a bunch of movies that had significant holiday performances uh avatar is still seems like James Cameron called his shot. It's creeping towards that two billion dollar number. It's so number far, he... it's done four sixty four domestic and one point zero billion. Right, it's a billion all uh, foreign. So the total is one point five billion total. That's it, he's going to get to his two billion marker, which is high. I mean, he can break even before that, but it'll make a profit. They're already talking about green lighting five and six now. <laughs> yeah, well, he's ready to go. I mean, With they're all written. already. Not only are they written, works. but he said in Q and A's and stuff like the actors read all of them. So they're all like collectively invested in where that story is heading, not just the the third one that he's already No, I shot, like the idea so. that he's going to go back to the Navi and show us some of the bad Navi or, you know, that Kate Winslet is going to be, you know, very much front and center. Well, that would make one. sense that she's not in the, this one that much. Yeah. the last one. <laughs> it would make more sense. Yeah. So, so the movie's doing really well. Um, yeah. So that I, was I hear a success. And that's a question it, of but... how, how does that success translate at the Oscars. And I don't, I, th I think it's, re it has momentum. It has recency bias. It has all of the people who love Avatar, but they're just, unfortunately, they're people who resist Avatar and resist its, its, its you know, blue people and sci-fi and, and all I hear that. A lot they're of people, people who want to praise Cameron's extraordinary vision and his extraordinary uh, accomplishment, but, at the, and, and his 
transformative VFX and everything else. But but he's not, you know, he, the what he's done for the business, like Top Gun, similarly, is extraordinary. But yeah. it doesn't mean that the Oscars are going to respond. They you, you know, know what's funny VFX. I hear people picking apart like plot holes in Avatar in a way that they don't with Top Gun Maverick. It's like no. somehow because <laughs> it's like an auteur no. film or yeah. something. No, and we Cameron, know who wrote it. They, oh, there's this thing about Cameron that I've always objected to, that he's a, not a good writer. And what he is, is a populist writer. He's a writer who's reaching for the biggest possible audience. It's a pretty pulpy movie. So he keeps it he keeps it simple. He keeps it pretty, pretty straightforward. He, he's, he's not doing anything along the lines of what Todd Field has in mind. You know, he's right. keeping and, it simple. And then I have heard some people say they have issues with like a white savior component here. But I mean, of course, the character was totally reborn in the last movie as in oh, his you avatar mean Jake form. Sully? Yeah, so I yeah. so I, I that argument is is always a weird sort of rabbit hole. I don't know how far that's going, but but it is fascinating to me how it's like bec almost because it's so successful as a singular kind of movie, you know, blockbuster from a personal vision, it it becomes more of a target than some of the other popular movies of the, of, of the season. So, so it, it, it's not going to get a screenplay nomination. Yeah, this like way last time. But Cameron could win Best Director. He could absolutely win it again, you know, this time. And and uh, I, I I know it'll get nominated. So the question uh, also Glass Onion, does it does its popularity translate into a slot and other nominations? It only got screenplay last time. And then and then the question of of Babylon, which yeah, the still shows up on all these. I don't see how Babylon is going to perform after this sort of box office debacle that I well, unfortunately predicted. I don't know, but I feel like the news maybe because I, I tuned out. I mean, I I tuned out of most anything for about two weeks at the end of the year, right when this movie came out turned off my email, all that stuff. And the only things I picked up on when I first got back this past week were Barbara Walters died. Uh, apparently Jeremy Renner got run over by a snowplow. And um, his own, and, uh, <laughs> as he was trying to rescue someone. Yeah. And then uh, some weird stuff going on in, in, with Kevin McCarthy in the house, which is actually <laughs> very entertaining. But then I started hearing more people talking about the Babylon thing and like, in another year, would this have been the story of the year that this big auteur you know, movie uh, about Hollywood that should be like the Hollywood movie of the year. It was like such a dud, but it, I don't know if that really became as big a story as, you know, as, it's a as, story as in the trades. It's a story inside the industry. It's it a, was story a slow that, motion thing. You called it. Everyone, saw it. everyone saw it coming. Obvious. Everybody understood what was going to if, look. If you have a movie that costs between 80 and 110 million by some estimates, if you have a movie that, went wide in over 3000 theaters and earned 11 million dollars over the holidays at the peak of, of of holiday viewing where theaters were empty people would send videos of empty screening rooms you know this this is not good and and you know it's a classic case of a, of a weak studio with um, and it went through several management shifts, green lighting something on the basis of the fact that they could get Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie to yeah, be it's the it. same studio that has Top Gun Maverick. So they're you know. lucky that they had a really good year and that they had some great movies left over from the Jim Chianopoulos regime, I might add, you know, but but this is this is this is something that that uh, every studio had has to remember, read the script, 
it but was from a, it was yeah, too it was, long and it you could i could have read that script and said also this is it's a very insidery i mean it's like i think i said this before it's like i saw a big billboard in times square for this thing and i was like who who actually is like who's the audience for this i want to see it it's, it's but, film critics but yeah but i mean the that's the thing that's really interesting I know you are being like, all too kind to okay. it for so some, some people are telling me that there's like a babylon hive or, or something like that they call it the baba hive I, I i don't know what what the hell it is but it, but it's like there there is a lot of enthusiasm for this movie within a certain subset i don't think it's just critics i think it's like cinephile Cinephiles. types who appreciate yeah. it but that's a and small I group what that value is so <laughs> but i mean it's like our, our, and our i'm in that group and i recognized how much fun some of the movie was there's a lot of great stuff in it i wrote about it it's a wonderful there's some wonderful cinematography and, and great sequences that i adored but it doesn't work at all as a movie but, but well I think certain certain sequences work so well that it's right. It's, for, but for that a lot doesn't of people, make a that's movie. Enough. The whole has to be more than the sum of its parts. It has to be. Or it doesn't things, work. There's two different things going on here. One is does the movie work, and the other is the movie didn't work commercially. If people Both. really like the movie, are they are they thinking that this reflects poorly on Damien Chazelle that it didn't work commercially, or are they thinking maybe you know it's important to support this kind of filmmaking? even if it doesn't work commercially because it's 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 important to have this kind of filmmaking. That's a event. very interesting question. And I think that that I fall on the side of responsible uh, budgeting uh, in a situation like this. It, 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 I, I'm not a studio head, but it seems logical to me that you would demand a certain length, that you would demand <laughs> a certain reasonable, uh, you would look at the script, you would look at what was was not it's going to work. the same length as Avatar for, for the record. Avatar like works at every length that it is. It isn't this. It's, uh, it's actually, uh, I think Avatar, I think there's nine minutes separating the two of them. Okay, you factor in credits and all that stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, yeah. seriously, you know, it, it, this this could, you know, there, there's there's a movie in there. I would have liked to have seen that movie. It has the best ending of the year, full stop. I don't agree Absolutely. with that. I, I actually don't the like thing. the ending. I, I think the ending, we won't spoil it. I think the ending is is, is an incredibly ambitious and very effective way of putting the entire movie in context in terms of where movies came from and how they're constantly sort of searching for the next phase of their existence. And that's very much a, a grasping with the, you know, the, the kind of perilous state of the medium right now. And that there's it's interesting in that, that you thought it worked because to me, it was a desperate grab for some kind of a uh, big ending when he knew that he was petering out <laughs> and that he didn't have a good ending. And he came it, up with it, it in the editing work. room I think at it the does end and work. got an extra month to create. And it. I also think if you look at that ending in the context of how it's happening, which is that somebody's watching it who's been completely abandoned by the system, I think it really captures sort of the paradox of this, you know, the idea of this dream factory that on the one on the one hand is this, you know, bountiful place of all this opportunity, on the other hand, has alienated a lot of people in the process. I think that's a really profound That is what the point. movie is about. Yeah. It is, and I think it that's is a, a really powerful point. and important That's what point. he wanted to talk about, and that's what he was trying to bring across. But he did it in a bloated and, and inflated way. I do want to see it again. That's a, sort of like what all of this is leading up to. It's like, I feel okay. like I need to see it again. I'm glad. I'm yeah. happy for you, Eric. I'm curious no, he's about- He's a great gifted filmmaker. Paramount made a deal with him. Hopefully he'll- I, I don't think- 
I I think Damon Chazelle is an amazing filmmaker. I don't think he has a, a, a commercial bone in his body. And I think that he isn't thinking about the audience when he makes his films. I don't think he's thinking about them at all. And if you're going to make big budget movies on a studio level, on some level, you do have to think well, about Somebody the has to. Well, yeah, I think what you're saying is somebody has to. Somebody does. have to be the auteur yeah. or, or somebody. I mean, we'll yeah. see what happens with Oppenheimer later this year. And was That's a great trailer, it? I have to say. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So it looks like a serious movie. I don't want the studios to abandon making ambitious, serious movies on, with big budgets. That's not my, my point. Filmmakers. My point is to be responsible about it so because it director. means that other studios won't do it in the future. Right. No, that's, exactly. That's I mean, part that of the that is an existential fear. It's like and looking it, at Babylon. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not doing that ever. You know that they're not going to do that. So the other part of this is is obviously is, is trying to diversify the system um, and you wrote about uh, women directors this past week. Women talking is is you know it's not, it certainly doesn't seem like it's resonating and as big as some of the other films. Well, it just opened here, but... and it's in very few theaters in limited release, so it's it's really be a hard to gauge, to measure the box office part of it. It's doing really well with the critics groups and nominations and and all of that. The the critics have been very supportive of it, um, so I think it'll have a um, a good. Um, extended run, you know, with all the different awards that are coming up, you know, and it made the various top 10 lists that you want the AFI and all that. So I would say um, women talking is in better shape, but then than women king, which is the the other one, um, even even though I think Gina Prince Bythewood did an incredible job. And I, I think the auteur gets the advantage, the person who wrote the script and wrote and directed the movie and Sarah Polly so is obviously women talking really well Sarah Polly is 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 the stronger uh candidate in that way um and and there's also and she's an actress who is known and charming and so she's been she nominated sort of has the before. Greta Gerwig uh kind of Emerald Emerald Fennell advantage and she was nominated um, even before Greta Gerwig and Emerald Fennell were on the map too for, yeah. for her first film for the screenplay so I mean it's also it's like you know she's very much an established director even if she doesn't have a huge body of work behind the camera I mean neither does Damien Chazelle when you get down to it He's just, you know, younger and been cranking them out a little bit faster. So, well, uh, so I would say that that if a woman were to get in this year, it would be Sarah Polly. Uh, but the the director's list is so robust with Jim Cameron, Steven Spielberg, Martin McDonough. And maybe Rashomoli, uh, you know, Todd Field, you know, it's a pretty robust competitive group. And so there's a possibility there really won't be a woman director this year and yeah, she'll settle for adapted screenplay and she'll win, which is what Would happens to, to women see, all the time. Hey, if Rashomoli and Polly get in, that's a pretty good year in tandem with other kinds of possibilities for the if, if you have, you know, some well, would big you say Todd movies. Field would fall out to make room for them or McDonough? I don't well, think I don't so. think he's going to volunteer for the job. If no. that's what <laughs> so and he's definitely campaigning pretty hard in that big fedora. You know, you see him all over the place. So and and um, but I but I as like you say, it's like it feels early for women talking. So I guess the next few weeks will be telling in that respect. More people have to see it. Right. I mean, it's it's a very different kind of challenge. That movie It's than, a very say, good RRR movie. It's something. a very strong movie. And I do think Polly will end up winning adapted screenplay. That's just the way it, it's heading. But um, and hopefully Jesse Buckley gets supporting actress for that. But and it'll get a best picture nomination. It's just the director category is only five. It's hard. It's so, hard to get in there. 
so then we have the Spielberg question, and I, I wrote a bit this week about all these movies about movies, and Fablemans is is like suppose you know the big one, even though it's like kind of a small movie in a way. Uh, and out of TIFF winning that People's Choice Award, it was like, well, this is obviously the front runner for Best Picture. Now it's really hard to assess whether or not it it, it has that standing. I mean, it's it's been around; people see it and they respect it, but it's just gotten really busy. It's, hasn't it's it? dangerous to be the front runner. Now, if I were to say where is the where is the momentum, it's it's everywhere, everywhere, all at once, and 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 the other, <laughs> and and the and RRR have a lot of momentum, have a lot of people rooting for them. It's still a, an uphill climb for those two films in some ways. The yeah. Fablemans it's is the is still the mainstream choice, the one with emotion, the one where people are rooting for Spielberg. And I know that it isn't perfect. And I know that that it's lost some steam, but it's hanging in there. It, you know, it's always a question of how many people did, you know, saw it and how many people really loved it. And is it a consensus choice? That's right. And how many people put it at number two, three, four, et cetera. Yep. You know, that it, it happens that way. So it's still kind of in the mix. But, you know, in a perfect world, I'd have my... I'd be uh, hitting the pavement for Nope to still be up there. Aww. I mean, I, I mean, I got to tell you, I, I haven't talked to anybody who really doesn't like that movie. I have, I have. not encountered, like I actively have. dislike it or, yes. or had mixed yes. feelings. Yes. No, in a way that's horrifying, actually. Because know? they're racist. Yes. They well, that's just, I mean, they we just have didn't that hear it. They couldn't understand it. Yeah, well, that's that just, I yeah. find horrifying, but it's true. They exist. That's yeah. Well, and then there's a whole other talk, problem. Well, you know, there. if you're looking at these older Academy members, you know, that's who's voting, uh, Eric. You know, it's not your cool people at the New York Film Critics, you know, dinner. Some of them do, though. Not the critics, but I'm saying there's cool <laughs> people in the mix, too. And it's getting younger. There and are cool people. I love no, many Academy members are extremely cool, but many of them are not. And if you get the cool people to get certain movies nominated, then the non-cool people pay attention. That's that. I, I still feel like this is relevant here. You can drag them into this. Maybe not for Nope. I mean, then forget. Uh, you know, the the terrible racist stuff aside. It's that's also it's a complicated. But that's a factor. Movie. That's also a factor yes. with the unfortunately with the with the Woman King, which which you know a lot of people just don't think they're interested in women warriors in Africa. You know, a virtually all black movie. Yeah, it did really well at the box office. It, it actually was a hit, but yeah, it's, and, it, and it's an, I think it's a great movie. I think it's really well done and it, and it has, you know, all the crafts, it has all the action. It has all the character building. It's it, Viola Davis is amazing and it, she'll get nominated, but it could be that that's basically what happens with woman King is mm. her, her nomination so, and because people resist seeing it. And if they don't see it in the theaters, it doesn't play as well at home. That's the, the brutal truth of it. Yeah, yeah. When people can, everything is like the holistic effect of the of the streaming app means that people are just sort of like browsing through things. And if something doesn't grab them, it just doesn't grab them. Whereas if you make time to go to a screening, it has a different. It's a thing. It's an event. It's it's a destination. It's, yeah. it's how it all works. Well, that, so we've that's got a lot. <laughs> we've got a lot of screening. So you you wrote you wrote about. Um, Movies about movies. Um, yeah, and and there's it's just crazy how many of them there are. To, I mean, it's it's like it feels like you know if if you were to pinpoint you know a hundred years from now where things were at cinematically, you just have to watch these movies to understand that. But I am curious about you know how much that's maybe even a deterrent for people who want something that's not just the same kind of you know navel gazing. 
um, you know, aspect. There's too many of, of them. There's, there's really a lot. too many. I mean, that could be to... a problem for Fablemans is just by comparison. It's just another movie about yeah. movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all that's going on. So next week we've got Golden Globes, which are on a Tuesday. I had to double check the calendar like five times. I know. I had to also. I wasn't up. clear. Usually they're on a Sunday, but the Critics' Choice have the Sunday on the fifteenth. Um. So, so the 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 tenth is is the night of of the Golden Globes, and it'll be curious to see. They have some presenters like Tarantino and Jamie Lee Curtis, and uh, it's 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 a whole question of who's going to show up. I'm assuming that most of the nominees except for Brendan Fraser, who obviously doesn't have any support for, for the Golden Globes because of his previous uh, issues with them. Uh, they, most people will show up to, to get their time uh, on television. To I'm honestly Oscar I'm push. Yeah, you need that boost. And I'm honestly excited to see Gerard Carmichael. I mean, I know that yeah, I saw him actually not a couple of weeks ago do a, do a new set. And after Roth Daniel, I think he's in a really interesting place creatively. What he can get away with. I don't know. I mean, he's not like Ricky Gervais. He's not going to go out there and like slam everyone. That's not his style. But if you know his stand up, it's very introspective with, with lots of like pregnant pauses and stuff. And I'm not sure how that translates to TV. Interesting. I'm just, I'm no, I'm curious to, to watch it. I'll be watching it and analyzing it with with everyone else. I mean, the winners on television, if it's well viewed, um, they will have an impact. You know, they they will have an impact. So Good let's speech quickly, let's look is what it's big, all about. Yeah. So the two big categories, I guess, with the uh, best musical or comedy and, and drama. So everything everywhere is in that category. Right. So it it's uh, it, it, it could be the winner over there. It could do well. So that will be the sort of the big impact over something like Glass Onion which could also benefit. Yeah, but, you know, comedy wins. It's a question, you know, of how much impact they have with with the Oscar voters. The gulbs are not predictive in any way because they're not, the group of of voters isn't reflective of of who the, the SAG awards are the big, the big, the big nominations coming. There's a day coming up. I think it's the the day after the Globes, the day after where you get DGA, SAG and WGA all in one day. Horrible day. It's being hard Um, to keep all those straight. But that's going to be telling. That's going to tell us everything uh, in terms of where we're. And then the PGA the following day. Uh, what we're going to be in for. Um, and and that's that's crazy. Uh, by the way, I did see over the holidays um, a, a, a foreign language film, Blue Caftan, which I really liked. And mm-hmm. uh, Moroccan I entry. cried at, at Buckets, uh, the Moroccan entry, exactly. Uh, beautiful story, sort of a love triangle in a way. Uh, it has some death in it, um, but it has a, a, a happy, sad ending. Um, and I, I really, I, I thought it was a beautiful, beautiful movie. I think it's cool that both um, Mor- uh, Morocco's entry, Blue Captain, and Joyland, which is a Pakistani entry, are queer films in countries that that suppress queerness. That's right. You know, I think there's there's something really exciting about. It. I, I wrote about this back when they were at Toronto, but the fact that they both made the shortlist is also, I think, really impactful in terms of what the shortlist can do um, for international uh, film industries, which is that it shows that you can make movies irrespective of you know what your specific society's restrictive policies are and so hopefully that opens up some more opportunities as absolutely. well absolutely i saw yeah. the doc uh, the house of splinters which oh uh, yeah the um, ukrainian doc i really liked and also a tearjerker made me made me weep 
um, but very well done. And it's from the people behind Flea. It's 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 actually uh, got a good pedigree yeah. behind it. Yeah, yeah. And that was a great a bunch surprise of, on the awards list. across the board. It's but it it's had not... a low profile until it was on that yeah. list. So that was yeah. also really great. To yeah. See so it. that's actually emotional enough uh, and well made enough to be uh, something that can sneak in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That list will be one to pay a lot of attention to in the next few weeks. All right. So it sounds like next Thursday is going to be busy for us from the Globes to all the Guild stuff. So I'll let you go process all of that as we get back on the grid. But Anne, it's great to see you. Great to catch up. Talk to you soon. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.